We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning RotoWire NBA podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's Friday, February 17th, 2023, officially the start of the All-Star break. And I'm here with Mike Barner instead of Ken Kreitz or Shannon, who are at FSGA uh, doing doing big boy work, uh, talking about fantasy and gambling while we sit here at the All-Star break and talk about um, who to add off the waiver wire. Mike, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on. What a downgrade going from Ken and Shannon <laughs> to me. But uh, I'll I'll make it work here. I'll try to get some chuckles here at the end with an old man rant. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, when you said you you prepared an old man rant, I was like, okay, this is this is getting this is getting serious uh, <laughs> that we have this old man rant. Uh, let's let's just jump right into it. Jump into the news. We had Giannis Antetokounmpo leave Thursday's win over the Bulls during the second quarter due to a sprained wrist that he suffered on a blocked shot attempt where he. I think it looked like he just slapped the backboard really hard. Um, the x-rays were negative, but his status for the all-star break is in jeopardy, which is unfortunate. Obviously, you want to see Giannis in the all-star game, but he, I think he's him and his brothers are part of the skills challenge as well. The Agatacum bros, as it has been branded. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a lot here, Mike, but I, I, I'll use this as an excuse to talk a little bit about the Bulls. Oh, uh, you're... Your favorite team, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Whenever we bring people on, I like to have them sort of talk about their team and get like an inside fan perspective, which I feel like we often lack talking in fantasy about like people who are actually fans of these teams uh, come on and talk about it. So give me give me just your general thoughts about the Chicago Bulls at this point in the year. My general thought is they are trash. Uh, This is (laughs) this is a joke of the direction of the franchise here. Uh, this has, I mean, he's not the same caliber of player when they were in their primes, but this Lonzo Ball knee injury is giving me shades of Derrick Rose. It feels like they, they didn't have much of a margin for error. Uh, they were really good at the beginning of last year when everybody was healthy and playing well. But then as soon as Lonzo got hurt, things started going downhill. Uh, he obviously is probably going to miss all of this season. Things have continued to go downhill. Zach Levine is not a max contract player. He doesn't seem to fit well. They play no defense whatsoever. You know, Caruso's out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off yeah. trying to defend all these guys. It's bleak right now. Uh, I And then they don't have their pick unless it falls in the top four, which probably seems like a stretch. It's not, it's not good right now to be a Bulls fan, Alex. It's not good. 
I I thought they would consider trading DeRozan or Vucevic at the deadline, especially since Vucevic is expiring. And if you're going to sign one of those two, you may as well sign both. And it appears that they will probably end up uh, re-signing Vucevic and then giving oh. De- DeMar DeRozan a contract uh, next, I guess, two off-seasons from now. Yeah, and you mentioned it with Lonzo. I, I hear a lot of people when they talk about the Bulls say, well, how good would your team really have been if like Lonzo Ball being out is the difference maker? And it's like, Lonzo Ball is good. Like yeah. Lonzo Ball, if he's your fourth best player, that's not a bad place to be at all because that's how the hierarchy of the Bulls would have, would have ended up being. And, you know, we talk about like the, the things um, the Knicks have done recently. They bring in Josh Hart and that sort of team is, is a, you know, their number one player is Jalen Brunson. On one hand, how far are you going to go if Jalen Brunson's your number one player? So you could ask the same question of the Bulls. How far do you go if your DeRozan's your best player? But if you have a really, really strong team behind him, yeah. Lonzo Ball's your fourth best player. If you're New York, Josh Hart, or uh, who, you know whoever you want to pick is your fourth best player. That Mitchell Robinson's been out for them. Like you can be a competitive basketball team and win 48 games some year. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't think they do either. I uh, yes. Uh, well, sort of speaking of that, we have Russell Westbrook and the Clippers in uh, discussions about uh, the two sides potentially joining forces. Uh, the Bulls, Heat, and Wizards are also reportedly, quote-unquote, in the mix. The Bulls are also talking to John Wall and Patrick Beverly. Um, I wasn't planning on asking this, but between the three, <laughs> which would you rather have as a Bulls fan? Uh, can I say none of the three? I mean, yeah, I definitely I don't want, I, I definitely don't want John Wall. He's cooked. Okay. Um, yeah. having that whole year off. Beverly would give you a better, probably veteran presence in the locker room and obviously gives you that he's not the same defender that he used to be, but at least he's defensive minded. Uh I don't see how Russ, Zach Levine, and DeRozan are all I mean, they're not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> they all want the ball in their hands. Vucevic is never gonna see a shot anymore. No. He's just gonna have to camp out on the three-point arc and hope that he gets a kick out. Uh I, I the answer is none, but if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Beverly because he would probably take the least amount away from the top players that are already on the team. Beverly and Caruso lineups could be devastating for opposing backcourts. Yeah. Um so that would <laughs> that would at least be interesting. I'm with you on that. Uh, so as far as Westbrook himself goes, out of all these teams that have been talked about, is there any particular fit that you like more than the others? But maybe the bigger question is just if you have Russell Westbrook on your fantasy roster, if you've had him for this long, chances are he's actually been helping you and he's been a useful yeah. part of your team. Do you hold him? Do you drop him? Do you just, is this a wait and see? I think you got to hold him. Um, probably unless there's some of these waiver wire guys that we're going to talk about later and you yeah. need immediate help. Um, but if he lands on, let's say the heat, Kyle Lowry is not looking good this year and who knows how long he's going to be out or how many games he's going to miss. They don't exactly have a ton of quality depth and Jimmy Butler misses a lot of time. Tyler hero misses a lot of time. He could play a decent amount of minutes and have a decent role there. So I think I would hold on to him for now, unless you're absolutely desperate and your season could be lost in the next couple of weeks if you don't get some immediate contributions. Yeah. And obviously he's a better points league guy than a category league guy, but you're right. It's just, this is the point in the season where if you're low in the standings, middle of the standings, and you're really trying to make a push forward at some point, you just need guys who are available right now, like yeah. this week. 
And we talk about guys like, you know, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is is out for indefinitely. And so is Zion. And it's like, you got to do some math. It's like, when does my league end? Does my league end in late March? Because if that's the case, then I have to make the playoffs now, which means I can't wait for these some of these guys to uh, to get back in the fold. So speaking of injuries, Anthony Simons suffered a grade two ankle sprain. No timetable has been revealed, but this is anywhere between a three to six week injury, which is not what you'd like to hear. We're going to talk about uh, who to add off the waiver wire later in the show. I got a guy or two who's, who's worth talking about. But again, this is this is what I mentioned. If you are in a fantasy league that ends a little bit early, you might have to drop him once we get concrete information, if they ever actually provide concrete information. Because as we know, some NBA teams like the Hornets, Lamella Ball sprained his ankle and he was doubtful for a month. So um, you just never know. But um, again, check when your league ends and uh, keep an eye on the news. Um, chucking along Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers are discussing a buyout with Kevin Love, who hasn't played since January 24th. I feel like very quietly has not played since January 24th. Uh, upon hearing this, if probably deep leagues, but do you have any interest in Kevin Love off the wire? Would you consider grabbing him preemptively or is this, do you have to wait and see what's going on? If, if you even consider grabbing him at all. Yeah, you'd have to be in a 14-team or deeper league to consider him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to land on – I mean, he he's – where he signs, he's probably going to start playing again, obviously, because uh, they're going to need him. I am a bit surprised the Cavaliers, with aspirations of making a deep run in the playoffs, are going to buy him out. But if they're not planning on playing him, I guess it's probably better for the locker room to let him move on if he's not happy. But if he landed on a team like the Suns or, or the Heat – uh, yeah, he would definitely have a role. And if you're in a 14-team or deeper leagues, he'd be someone that you could consider adding. But if you're in 10 or 12-teamer, no matter where he signs, it would probably take multiple injuries for him to have, be worth rostering in fantasy. Yeah, there are a lot of places where he could just end up because some team is going to convince themselves, like, hey, like we'd like the floor spacing five look. You know, like the Suns just lost, the Suns just straight away Dario Saric. It's like, well, maybe we can just grab Kevin Love yeah. for that extra look or – um, you know, Memphis, maybe if they want to try that sort of thing, there's tons of teams. So yeah, I agree with you. Those is a 14 or a 16 team league thing. And at some point you got to be kind of desperate to do this at all. Before we jump right into the waiver wire, uh, we have some words from our friends at swagger. The back half of the NBA season is upon us and your fantasy team looks like it's going to wob wobble for Wemby. Uh, we got your plan B right here. It's called swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy is daily fantasy for all fankind. It's the most player-friendly DFS site in the game, created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Here's how it works. Pick two to 10 player props and score points for the picks you get right. Win a cash prize based on your score, not the perfect ticket. I repeat, you don't need a perfect ticket to win. Even if you get one, two, or sometimes half your ticket wrong, you could still walk away with cash in your bankroll. Swagger has payouts up to 50 times and sometimes even higher depending on your picks. With hundreds of props for you to play, you can build any ticket with any number of players across multiple sports. So you can play your NBA props along with NFL, MLB, NHL, all the top soccer leagues, golf, tennis, motorsports, whatever tickles your fancy, Swagger's got it. 
Ready to play? Go to playwithswagger.com to sign up and enter promo code ROTOWIRE10. That's numeral one zero ROTOWIRE10 from the drop-down menu. Swagger will drop a free $10 into your account to get you started. Plus, they will match your first deposit 100% up to $100. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes. The waiver wire. Uh, Mike, we'll alternate here back and forth. We each have three waiver wire suggestions this week. Uh, Let's start with yours. All right. So if we're going to go to one who's available in at least 50% of Yahoo leagues, the first one I'll start with is Malachi Branham of the Spurs. He's available in 73% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, He's averaging just over 18 points, 3.9 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and 2.4 threes while shooting just under 52% from the field over the last eight games. Who knows when Devin Vassell is going to return? The Spurs obviously have nothing left to play for other than a high draft pick. Trey Jones has missed a lot of time recently with an injury. They're probably not in any rush to bring him back. They got rid of Josh Richardson. They did bring in Devontae Graham, who feels like the perfect fit for a tanking team because he can soak up minutes and actually improve your chances of losing uh, with his terrible efficiency. So with Branham, I think he's going to play a lot down the stretch. He's not exactly a great source for rebounds and assists, but if you need some scoring, Malachi Branham is someone I would add. He's been proving it lately. Um, He's been like a regular in the rotation since like December. And um, yeah, recently getting more time with, you mentioned all the injuries, especially Vassell, Langford, um, guys like that. But I kind of just forgot about him. Like he was a first round pick this year. They drafted him 20th overall. Um, so, you know, it didn't look, I mean, he, he was good in summer league too. I, I remember his name a little bit from summer league. I didn't think this would be happening, but yeah, I, I completely agree with that ad. I tried to add him last week in our 16 team stake league and, oh. uh, fell short. And so, uh, Xavier Tillman remains on my roster. <laughs> oh, exciting. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he had like two good games and I was like, you know what? This is sneaky. And then yeah. uh little too sneaky. So, uh, my first suggestion this week is Shaden Sharp, who is 21% roster in Yahoo League. So we have Anthony Simons. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, he could be out a month plus. But if you need steals specifically, I might actually endorse a thigh bull ad instead. Uh, So depending on what you need in your league, that could be the way uh, I would go. But that's for specific situations. However, with that case, there's a lot of buts and howevers here. (laughs) Jeremy Grant has been out over the past two games. So that's going to complicate the wing rotation for Portland. So if you're someone who's been like, I'm keeping my eye on Cam Reddish, I'm keeping my eye on Thibault, maybe Nas Little, if you're in like a 20-team league or something, Jeremy Grant's been out the past two games. So um, it's important to note that. But Shagan Sharp, the guy I'm actually suggesting, past four games, 14 points per game on 62% shooting from the field. Um all of those feel like dunks, uh, highlight dunks to me. Uh, this also includes four rebounds, two assists, and 1.8 stocks. That's awesome. I think I I think the, the Blazers are going to tell them to be more aggressive on defense because they moved Josh Hart, they moved Gary Payton, and I think their hope is that Shagan Sharp can just kind of be that guy for them, just kind of come in there and with his athleticism, muck things up. Um, this is also kind of similar production that he's had historically with Simon's heart, Peyton off the court for 36 minutes. Again, this is not amazing production, right? 14, four and two with 1.8 stocks, but the field goal percentage is really nice. And if you're in a deeper format, uh, but the Simon's injury, I think Sharp's a guy or even Dybul 
that you got to take a look at adding. Um, let's go to your second suggestion, who is a guy that I, I loved highlighting and I think got kind of lost in the shuffle of all the deadline moves. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, let's go with Taylor Horton Tucker of the Jazz. He's currently available in 74% of Yahoo League's Last five games, he's averaging 13.8 points, 3.8 rebounds, 7 assists, and 1.2 blocks. He averaged 26 minutes over that span. Look at the Jazz. They don't have any guard depth uh, moving away from Conley and Beasley at the trade deadline. They brought in Westbrook, but obviously he's being bought out. Then we had Colin Sexton go down in their last game with a hamstring injury. Who knows if he's going to miss some time. Maybe he won't. Maybe we'll get lucky here with the All-Star break. But even if he doesn't miss any time, Horton Tucker now is locked into bigger minutes off the bench. He's someone I would specifically add if you're looking for assists because he's got some good shooters around him. You know, you still got Kelly Olynyk, you still got Laurie Markkinen, Jordan Clarkson. So I think he could be a great source for assists if you're looking for it. Yeah, it's been, um, I mean, I whenever I watched the Jazz games earlier in the year, I was kind of impressed by Horton Tucker and was a little surprised he wasn't playing more. Just the energy yeah. he brought, the size he has. But this assist, I mean, the six assists in each of the past, was this? Five games, minimum six assists. And um, I just had to update his projections yesterday. And it was a little tough to gauge because it's like, well, the minutes have kind of been all, the, all, all over the place. And the, reba the rebounds and the points are inconsistent. Yeah. It's weird because you think of Horton Tucker and you're like, well, you know, that guy's going to that guy's going to score. But that's been up and down and the rebounding. But the assists are steady. And you mentioned it. If you take a look at this depth chart, it's like, well, you're starting Sexton and Clarkson. And then they don't have a backup point guard. And so Horton yeah. Tucker is taking on that role. And Abaji is just not, he's not like a, he's not a guy right now. You know, um, he's not scoring, handling a ton for them. And who even knows about Rudy Gay? Like how long is Rudy Gay going to continue playing 15, 20 minutes a game for this team? So Horton Tucker is again, another guy I've, I tried to add before, couldn't get him. And I think even in a standard league, right? Like this is standard league oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Maybe 10 teamers, depending on your format, especially if you need assists. I mean, who, who's, who else is out there getting six, six assists per game on the waiver wire? Um, so I, yeah, that's a, that's a great suggestion. 
Uh, my suggestion, Dante DiVincenzo, 44% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, Steph Curry is set to, miss, uh, set to miss at least a few more, quote-unquote, games after the All-Star break. Who knows what that really means? And in the five games that Curry's been out recently, we got DiVincenzo averaging 13 points on 49-49-100 shooting. Uh, four assists, 1.6 boards, 1.4 steals. We've seen him do this before. So that, that's that's what makes this suggestion easier, right? Curry was out earlier in the year. DiVincenzo stepped in into a starting role. He's a stat sheet stuffer at the guard position, right? Great rebounder, great steals guys, hitting more threes than ever before in this Golden State offense. And he's a guy, too, where if I add him now, I'm, I'm okay holding him the rest of the year. This isn't necessarily like, oh, Curry's out. The second Curry comes back, I have to drop DiVincenzo. It's like, no, there's always a chance Curry gets hurt again. If pool, like anybody in the Warriors backcourt that gets hurt, DiVincenzo is going to get more minutes. He's one of those guys. So if you need just like general production on your fantasy team, if you're in a roto league and you're just kind of behind, he's a great guy you can add. He's functional in points leagues too. It's not just all percentages based. Um, and again, he's sort of a proven commodity at this point. I like I like your third suggestion here because it's a guy. Um, basically he's a backup now. I'll let you, I'll let you take it away. We're going deep. We've got to go deep. We're going to go with Nick Richards of the Charlotte Hornets available in 92% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a deep league, he's out there. The big news from the trade deadline was Mason Plumlee getting shipped off to the Clippers. So Mark Williams was the hot waiver wire ad. If you were lucky enough to get him in your league, he's paying immediate dividends. But Richards, who had fallen out of the rotation when Mark Williams moved into the primary backup behind Plumlee, is now the primary backup again. Over the last four games, he's averaged 20 minutes a game. That's helped him produce an average of seven rebound or seven point seven and a half rebounds, 1.8 blocks, and he's shooting 56.3% from the field. So he's worth deploying in deeper, you know, 12 or deeper leagues now. If you need some help, maybe probably better off for a 14 league. But if you're desperate. If anything happens to Mark Williams, I mean, you're right. looking at a guy here who could play approach 30 minutes a night. He'd be a walking double-double, even as he is now in his current role of 20 minutes a night. He's worth adding in deeper leagues. Yeah, and he's someone, too, where he gets fouled a ton. Yeah, um, Like, in his 17 minutes per game on the season, he takes three free throws, which for a center who basically is doing nothing but offensive rebounding, and, like, that's actually a lot, relatively speaking. And he's yeah. shooting 73% from the free throw line. So he's a center who's getting you those traditional big man stats, right? If you gave him 30 minutes, he gets you 10 and 10 with two blocks. But he's also not killing you on the free throw percentage, and he's getting there. So if you're in category leagues, that's actually going to help you. It's it's not going to hurt you, I guess, is the, yeah. is the better way to put this. And yeah, you have to – this is important stuff to think about after the trade deadline. It's like, well, okay, a starter got moved, so now the backup's the starter. Well, who's the backup to that guy? Um, and we can sort of go down the line. This is this is what happens in a lot of different situations. My final wafer wire suggestion, I was surprised that I was suggesting it. There were other guys, <laughs> there were other guys around that I was considering, right? Like I was looking at the, the roster rates, and it's like, well, you know, I could I could suggest Daniel Gafford because he's 44% rostered, you know, KJ Martin's out there. Everyone kind of knows about that. So I'm giving you Josh Richardson of now the New Orleans Pelicans. So in his debut, he played 34 minutes, not sustainable because CJ McCollum was out. 
but he goes for 10 points, five steals, two blocks, three assists, and two rebounds. In the following game, he plays only 19 minutes, uh, but partially because he was ejected in the fourth quarter. That was against the Lakers. And even in 19 minutes, he still finishes with eight points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and one block. And the reality is, like, the Pelicans, they, you know, they gave up a decent amount for him. Like, the Pelicans traded Devontae Graham and four second-round picks for Richardson. So they're going to they're gonna play him. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, we got Zion out for a while still. Like, right, Zion's going to miss another month. I think there's like 20 to 26 minutes a game here available for Richardson. And he's proven to be a good defender pretty much all season long uh, with some assists upside as well. So I think if you're in a deeper league, again, you know, he's 22% rostered. If you're in a 16 to 18 team league, I think you should take a look and just at least add him to your watch list because there's a chance he's going to play like a sixth man type role. Um, for the Pelicans. So that's a guy um, I was a little surprised about, but I think, I think he's worth at least watch listing. The, all those second round picks being traded. They, I've never seen yeah. so many second round picks get moved. I was trying to figure out what the current equivalency of second round picks are now. I think one second round pick is the equivalent of 10 shroot bucks. Uh, for those <laughs> of you who watch the office, I'm trying to figure out what those are worth. Uh, when you see four of them get traded for Josh Richardson, I think that's the going exchange rate. So one second round pick is 10 shroot bucks. Yeah. If you're, um, you know, if you're, yeah, I've heard people compare it to crypto. I've heard people, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you're trading sports cards, it's like, you know, I got, I got a ton of these like base Lucas that I'm just yeah. like, you know, I should take them. Like I don't, <laughs> uh, just like a 50 cents a piece. Yeah. It's, it was crazy. The amount of second rounders. I, I assume all these teams are like, well, we'll get them back someday when we yeah. trade some guy for five second round picks. So yeah, I think, uh, I think in like 2026, we're going to be watching the draft and the entire second round draft board is going to be like, this team's picking parentheses. This yeah. team actually owns the pick. It's going to be the entire second round board. <laughs> I, uh, I agree. Pretty ridiculous. Okay. Let's move on to our post all-star break futures. Uh, what we like the futures that we like after the all-star break. This is brought to you by FanDuel. This is taking place in, uh, uh, of our normal DFS Friday section that we do because there are no games uh, today because of the all-star break. So fans sign up for FanDuel now and compete for millions of dollars in prizes each day. Choose your best NBA lineup and compete to win real cash. So we each have four future suggestions here. The one of mine's a little bit of a hedge. I'll let you take it away, Mike. What is your first favorite future post all-star break? So since this is sponsored by FanDuel, let's do the first one that I have with the odds for FanDuel. So NBA finalists, Bucks versus Suns is plus 850. Uh, I can't resist it at those odds. I know Boston's been great, even when they've been missing players lately. They played great against the Bucks the other night. But I, I just don't have I, – I can't envision anyone beating Giannis over the course of a seven-game series if the Bucks are healthy. I really Bobby Porras will be back. They'll have Jay Crowder integrated to the team. Hopefully at that point, Chris Middleton's playing at least 30 minutes a game. So that's why I like the Bucks. On the Sun side of things, you know, picking Kevin Durant to stay healthy for the course of the playoffs is a bit risky. Uh, but I just can't argue with their starting four. Uh, I don't trust John Morant. 
to lead the Grizzlies to the finals. I don't trust Nikola Jokic supporting Cass. I love the Suns roster. I think adding Terrence Ross was a sneaky good add. If they add another player or two in the buyout market, all of a sudden that thin bench looks a lot better. So NBA finalists, Bucks versus Suns, plus 850 on FanDuel. I like I like those NBA finals um, matchups bets. They're a yeah. lot of fun. And I agree, I agree with everything you said. I, I think the Suns, the, the team that they've created is ridiculous. The, I don't think their bench is n- near necessarily as bad as, as people sort of perceive it to be. I think it's versatile at the very least. Like they got got they got they have guys off their bench who can play defense. They have guys off their bench who can be microwave scorers. So whatever they need, they can kind of throw out there. And yeah, for the Bucks, I mean, the Middleton knee stuff's getting a little concerning. Bugenholzer had a quote the other day that he's like, we don't really know. We don't really know what's going on with Middleton. Um, but at the same time, they've been making it work all year. I mean, they're what? They're still second in the East, I think. Yeah, still second in the East when they basically got nothing out of Middleton and Portis has been out. So um, I do like that plus 850 uh, for those. My first uh, future that I like, the 76ers plus 1400 for the NBA title. This is partially because I think this is the last team on the board that I will entertain winning the NBA title. Below this is like the Warriors and the and the Grizzlies. And I've just lost faith in all these teams. Now, like I've talked about all year. I think the Cavs are sneaky. I don't necessarily mind like, hey, you want to put some money on the, on the Cavs the way that they've looked? I don't mind that at all. At the beginning of the year, I identified them as a team that I was going over on. But uh, to me, the 76ers sort of feel like the last they're either tier one or tier two of title favorites here. And I just, Embiid's having an MVP caliber season. I think uh, Hargan's having an underrated season. I love him as a number two option on a team. I think he's he's great in that number two role. Maxi off the bench, I love that. Uh, spark plug, Tobias Harris catches a lot of flack because he's overpaid, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad fourth option uh, to have on your roster. Uh, and you know, DeAnthony Melton, they got, they got good defenders that grabbed Jalen McDaniels at the deadline. I thought that was savvy. Maybe they had Kevin Love or something. I'm not necessarily banking on that for, for that. But to me, like I've, I've mentioned this with Waylon and I've said it on the XM show. I think there are, there are, there are $10 bets. There are hundred dollar bets and there are thousand dollar bets. And to me, this is somewhere between a $10 bet and a hundred dollar bet where my confidence level, you know, this isn't like such a long shot that I'm like, ah, $10, but this isn't like, I'm so confident I'm going to bet like a hundred on it. So um, I just think if you, you look at how good their team is just talent wise, um, 1400 is good odds. It's just, there are a lot of people who like, if you don't trust James Harden, you just can't bet this. It just comes down to that. Yeah. Um. All right, Mike, uh, you don't necessarily have to use, uh, fan duel odds for these. So don't feel like you have to be like scrambling. <laughs> okay. don't, let's, let's look at this way. Let's not say what other book they're from. All right. Uh, let's, let's say well, you can, you can certainly find these odds on fan duel. Um, so let, what is your next bet? All right. So the next one, since we kind of already touched on this, I won't bemoan the point. I'll do bucks to win the East. Uh, one of the better odds I was able to find for that is plus two fifty. Um, uh, same reasons I talked about. I don't see anybody beating Giannis over the course of a seven game series especially if Middleton and Portis are healthy. The Celtics are going to be tough. Definitely, it's going to be a competition there. I know you are you just made your point for the 76ers. I could see them giving some trouble, but man, with the blade, Blook Lopez has been playing. That does kind of help a little bit with the Joel Embiid issue. 
Uh, so I'll do Bucks to win the East at plus 250. Yeah, the East is um, it's going to be tough. But I, yeah. I agree. Like if you, you know, if you're thinking, if you're just thinking about playoff pedigree, teams that have proven it before, like those are never, those never feel like bad bets to me. At you plus two fifty, it's like, geez, it's hard to resist at those odds. If it was plus one fifty or plus one seventy five, it's not as exciting. But plus two fifty is, I was pretty surprised to see it that at that point. Right, and I think that speaks to your your finals bet as well. It's like these are two teams with guys who have just proven it. Like the Suns are yeah. a new team, you know, because they add Durant. But everyone on this roster, even down to DeAndre Ayton, is a proven playoff guy. Been in the NBA Finals, had good games. Uh, my second bet here is the Oklahoma City Thunder to make the playoffs at plus 450. I like the number, um, but I some of this is like they, in the loss column, they have the same amount of losses as Golden State. Below them is Utah, and below Utah is Portland. And I don't really believe in either of those teams, Utah or Portland, to start climbing up the standings. I kind of like I like I actually really like what the Lakers did um at the deadline. So they're 27 and 32. Maybe I think they'll be better. There's some more competition there, but Golden State's above them. They don't have Curry. I don't know what this Pelican situation is gonna become. Um, you know, I don't know if Sacramento suffers an injury, they could they could start free falling, but getting in the play in tournament, I think is I mean, getting in the play in tournament for OKC, that's that's definitely within shot and then at that point you got to win your games and you're in the playoffs i just think they don't you could even say they've tried to start tanking they traded muscala um they're just not they just continue to win and i think they would rather have um i think they're going to just laissez-faire the whole thing like whatever happens happens you know we're we're too far out of that bottom tier of losers we, we'd love to get sga some like playoff experience as a number one option and i just like it at four to one that's that's the thing. It's an odds play for me. Yeah, I, I could see that happening too. I, the, I think the only scary part would be, like you said, the Lakers pushing them out of the playing tournament. But yeah, I, the Jazz and the Trailblazers are trending in the wrong direction uh, with the Jazz making the trades and then the, the Simons injury for the Trailblazers. Well, we'll we'll use that to segue into your into your third pick. All right, so we'll do Jazz under thirty nine and a half wins. That's minus one forty. They have 29 right now. They have 22 games left. That means they've got to go 11 and 11 to hit the over. Conley, Beasley, Vanderbilt all gone. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if obviously they could just fall down the stalings because of losing those three. And then if they start to move down here and they see their their eyes widen about some potential increased lottery odds, you start resting marketing a little bit here. You give Jordan Clarkson a night off here or there. And I don't see them playing 500 basketball down the stretch. The odds aren't aren't great there, juicy as some of the other stuff we saw, but I don't see them winning 11 games down the stretch. I mean, I don't I don't think minus 140 is like that's that juice is not like stopping me from. Yeah, it's not pack. minus 240. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, if if this number was like 37 and a half minus 140, I'd be like uh, yeah. 39. I mean, I, I actually I really like this bet. I think this is, this is a really um, this is this is a smart bet. You mentioned it like we if 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 we think that the the Lakers adding Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt are these like great moves, like this might actually like really help the Lakers. Well then we where did they come from? <laughs> they came from the Jazz. So now the Jazz don't have those guys. And we can talk about like, oh, we love Taylor Horton Tucker for fantasy. 
and you know Walker like Walker Kessler has been very good and you know all these guys but like that doesn't mean that the Taylor Horton Tucker is affecting winning necessarily for these teams and they've already been on a little bit of a slide um they have three wins this month only so um yeah under 39 and a half I like that a lot I think that's um that's a good number to bet um I also have a, a little bit of a juiced up number Jaron Jackson Jr. for defensive player of the year minus one five five he beat the allegations uh that were on Reddit about the uh the the home cooking on the shot blocking um but yeah I mean I don't I don't even know like I I was shocked when I opened up the the futures tab on on the Rotowire um sports betting page and I saw him at only minus 155 like you compare this to and I'll talk about this one a little bit later if you rookie of the year Paulo Bancaro on on FanDuel is minus a thousand for rookie of the year. And Jaron Jackson Jr. for defensive player of the year is minus 155. And I'm not saying Jaron Jackson's as much of a runaway as Bancaro, but I don't even really consider anyone else in the running for this defensive player of the year. Like if you just go by the odds, the next guys down the list are, are Brooke Lopez, Bam Adebayo, and Nick Claxton are the only guys under or seven plus seven fifty or under, and I think Claxton's out of it. Like I, I think he's just, I think he's just completely out of it. And out of bio, I don't think the Heat are like good enough, and he's not blocking enough. Shit. Like I think this is just a runaway for Jaron Jackson. So I love the minus one fifty five. Yeah, I like that too. That's a good one. Uh, okay, what is your final favorite post All Star break future? All right, close it out with Timberwolves to participate in the play in tournament at minus one forty. Uh, they are currently the eighth seed. They fell down to the eighth seed with that loss to the Wizards yesterday. They have one more loss than the seventh seed Pelicans. Uh, the Mavericks moved up to six yesterday. With Kyrie Irving in the fold, I think the Mavericks are pretty much a lock uh, to finish in the top six now. Pelicans could probably stay ahead of them too, uh, especially if Brandon Ingram can stay healthy. The Timberwolves said the other day that Carl Anthony Towns' best case scenario is probably for him to be back between the final 10 or 15 games of the season. So by that point, if he's only comes back for like the final 10 games, they could already be pretty much locked into one of those playing tournaments. I don't think they'll fall far enough to the point where they would fall out of it. And I don't think they have enough to move above it into the top six. So we'll do Timberwolves to participate in the playing tournament at minus 140. I like that partially because I really like the, the Russell for Conley swap. Yes, that helps a lot. And I think it, it's getting underrated the fact that Conley and Gobert have so much chemistry and that D'Lo and, and Gobert had negative chemistry. And so when you, <laughs> when you bring in Gobert, you have this investment. You want to back up the investment sort of. And that's what you get with, with Conley. And the past two games, Gobert, um, the most recent game, he had 17 points against the Wizards on 8 of 15 shooting. That, the shot attempts is um, a lot. It's it's like the second time this season, third time this season, he's taken at least 15 shots. Before that, he had 21 points on nine shots. And so, like, Conley is already getting him involved. And um, I think that will only be better once uh, Carl Towns gets back. You mentioned, yeah, maybe Towns plays 10, 15 games. Maybe he's only fully available, like, you know, full workload for eight of those games or something like that. But I think having a floor general like Conley 
will help the Timberwolves figure this out on offense a little bit more because they they have to. Because um, <laughs> I I think you'll help. So yes, participate in the play playing tournament. They should be able to get there. Minus one forty five. I like that. This 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 following bet for me is only if you're someone who you identify. <laughs> a really, really, really heavy favorite in a particular like player future. And you just, you, you want to hedge it. You're like, okay, Paulo Bancaro's minus a thousand win rookie of the year. He's going to win it. But what if he gets hurt? Um, and so who can, who can I sprinkle a little, who has, what's the $10 bet that I can sprinkle a little bit on that? You know, what else would I spend this $10 on? Like a mocha latte from Starbucks. Right. So for me, this is Walker Kessler for Rookie of the Year uh, at plus thirty five hundred. So um, a twenty dollar bet here would earn you seven hundred dollars. Um, I like this because I'm looking at the odds. I mentioned Ben Carroll minus a thousand. The next the next guy is actually Benedict Matherin at plus nine fifty. But I don't. I think people are having more conversations about Walker Kessler. And I think you can make an argument that Walker Kessler is the more impactful player than Benedict Matherin. And I love Matherin. Like Matherin's a microwave scorer. I think he's going to be a 25, 27, 26 point per game scorer in the NBA very, very soon. Do it efficiently. But I think with all the attention the Jazz have been getting, even if, and I believe, like you said, Mike, they're under 39 wins for the season. His stats are going to increase. And I think people will realize that when they were really trying, when they had all these guys together, he was he was impacting winning. And so I'd rather just, I mean, if we're if we're talking odds wise, if we're comparing Kessler at thirty five hundred to Matherin at plus nine fifty, I think those guys should be closer to the same odds. So if you again, if you want to hedge kind of off this uh, minus a thousand for Bancaro, I like Kessler um, at plus thirty five hundred, which is actually the longest odds of any of the four sports books I'm looking at currently. You don't have to sell me on Walker Kessler. I, I, <laughs> I love Walker Kessler. Yeah. I, I was hearing, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were like, if the Jazz and the Timberwolves had to do it over, if you're the Timberwolves, would you even trade Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert, let alone all that other stuff? And uh, yeah, Walker Kessler has been, he's been great. Yeah, Kessler over the past 16 games, 12 points on 73% shooting, 10 boards, 2.6 blocks. Um, keeping the turnovers low. He's just really good. He's really good. Okay, uh, wrap this up. FanDuel is providing a special offer to all new users. Sign up for FanDuel, play $1 in an NBA contest, and receive $10 instantly. Of course, that's we're talking about DFS there. But of course, visit the FanDuel Sportsbook um, if you hate Paolo Bancaro uh, and want to bet on Walker Kessler. Okay, Mike, it's time for your old man rant ah. kids birthday parties have gotten out of control yeah. and my daughter's turning seven next month last year she was in kindergarten so we had to invite her entire class we had her birthday at a trampoline park and we had 28 kids there it was wild this year i luckily have avoided the trampoline park <laughs> and my daughter decided she wanted to have a baby doll party at our house with just her girlfriends the guest list should be shorter, right? Wrong. <laughs> guest list is 30 girls. Oh, my God. This is out of control. When did it become the norm to have such massive birthday parties? Seems like all these parties, you got to invite all the kids in the class and all the friends from the neighborhood and all these other 
tertiary and secondary kids that you know. Now, I also have a son. He's three. So I'm going to like two or three birthday parties every month. I got to learn the names of 100 parents. I got to try to figure out good presents for these kids that I don't even know. This is getting out of hand. It's not a wedding. It's a birthday party. Is this really what my life is going to look like for the next 10 to 15 years? <sighs> I um, I love this rant. Um, I think, I think, does I understand, I understand why you are upset about, uh, 30 children for your, your daughter's birthday party. On the other hand, she's got 30, she's got 30 friends, right? I know that's the problem. That's... I don't think I've had 30 friends my whole life. She's, she clearly got my wife's social skills. She's got yeah. all these friends. If we had invited all boys and girls that she knew, we'd be looking at like 60 kids. And then you got parents. It's like a wedding. It's, and this is every year. I don't know what I'm going to do. I yeah, I think you you know I think you just got to be happy that your that your daughter has thirty friends. I think that's that's <laughs> way like we, there's all those studies. It's like people have less friends than ever. It's like hey, she she's hoarding them. Yes. Like, let some other people have some friends. I also like that you re you referred to some kids as tertiary children. That um, <laughs> who is this? If she can't spell their names, I don't think they're close enough friends. Oh, that's that's uh, good. She's in first grade now, so she she's got to be able to spell some of this stuff. I don't know. As they get older, I'm hoping the list whittles the list whittles down a little bit. We get some core friend groups, and maybe these thirty kid parties turn down to ten or fifteen. But I might be right. Looking at the next rough five to ten years, at least a lot of birthday parties, a lot of birthday presents, a maybe, lot of maybe trying we, to make small talk with parents. Maybe we should just oh. ban birthday parties before like four years old. Maybe <laughs> that would help too. Like if they if you if they're not gonna be able to remember it, you know, I don't. I don't know. Um, they weren't well, too bad when she was in daycare, though, because there was only like eight kids in the class. But now that she's in right. school and there's 20 kids in her class and then she knows the kids from last year that aren't in her class this year. <laughs> I mean, this is coming up. My son is three. So in a couple of years, we're dealing with the same thing for him. Luckily, his is in the summer. We can have pool parties, but oh, that's nice. birthday parties in New York. You can't do them outdoors. I'm in trouble, Alex. And that trampoline park, that's a young man's game. It was like, wild. Nobody got yeah. hurt. We got lucky, uh, but it was wild. <laughs> yeah, I we we have a couple. Like sometimes I drive by a trampoline park when I drive around here, and like my first instinct is like, "Oh, that'd be so much fun!" Like I want to go. Like just like my childish sort of. But then I think about it, I'm like, "That is an ACL waiting to happen." Yeah, uh, we're, for it's, sure. it's a young kid's game. It's not an old man's game. Alex. We're out. We can't do yeah, those we're, anymore. We're done. Um, that will wrap it up for us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. The Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel and Swagger. We don't have an out quote from Ken today, but uh, thank you, Mike, for joining us, being a great substitute. We appreciate you being on whenever we have you on. Um, you're on the XM show here and there with with uh, Nick, right? Yeah, with Nick and Jeff. Yeah, I think we're moving to afternoon, so we'll have a new time for me and day hammered out for that. That's awesome. And where else? I mean, you write for us at Rotowire. So if, if you're a listener and you're a subscriber or, or, or read the site, you're going to see Mike's work out there. What else do you do, Mike? Where, where do you write? Where do you talk? Where can we find you? Yeah, uh, easiest thing to find all my work is follow me on Twitter at Roto Mike Barner. Uh, I also work for Sportsline, DraftKings, Real-Time Fantasy Sports, baseball, football, basketball coverage, fantasy, sports betting, whatever you need, I got you covered. So at Roto Mike Barner on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks, Alex.